Welcome to the Boys in the Iceberg, the podcast where we recap Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode for fans new and old. I'm your host, John Listman, immigration attorney by day, stand-up comic by night, airbender at heart, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. I'm Jeff Miller, TV writer, avid mind wanderer, and aspiring waterbender. Probably just another drill. You know that last drill we had? I was about to finally bone my girlfriend, and then we heard that there was this drill, and she told me there was no way. Welcome back. Uh, I gotta say, anytime I hear anything to do with a drill, I immediately think of this clip from Family Guy. It's probably because I have the maturity level of a 10-year-old, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) Anyway, we've got a hell of an episode, huh, John? Such a good episode. Um... Because, man, like, there are no episodes. Like, you know what I mean? There's no episode that I'm like, oh, it gets a two out of two. No, dude, like, yeah. this is a good one for sure. Book two, chapter 13, The Drill. Uh, gotta respect Fire Nation Engineering. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, well, let's get into it. Uh, having successfully navigated the Serpent's Pass, Aang is determined to journey to Ba Sing Se in the hopes of finding his lost bison, Appa. However, he discovers a Fire Nation drill heading straight for Ba Sing Se. Intent on destroying the wall, Aang and the group succeed in demolishing the drill from the inside of the mechanism. Meanwhile, Jet wishes to recruit Zuko as a member of the Freedom Fighters, only to learn Zuko and Iroh are firebenders. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Um, Just a... Dude, I, I love how it picks up immediately uh, where yeah. they left off. It aired as kind of a two-parter of sorts. Uh, yeah. Several Fire Nation Tundra tanks rumble toward the outer wall of Ba Sing Se, the enormous Fire Nation drill following close behind. Several segments of the drill extend forward, elongating it completely. Steam is released from its pipes and metal spikes lodge into the surrounding land. The drill's command module ascends to the top, where we find Mei, Tai Li, Azula, War Minister Chin, and several Fire Nation soldiers. War Minister Chin boasts about the drill's ingenuity and its capability of breaching the walls of Ba Sing Se. Tai Li questions whether the Earthbenders guarding the outer wall are capable of halting it, to which Chin objects by stating the drill's metal shell is impervious to any earthbending attack. Emphasizing his point by striking the periscope, Tai Li was looking through. Azula concurs with Chin's claims, but orders Mei and Tai Li to take the Earthbenders out just to be safe. Mei immediately sheaths her dagger and moves to execute Azula's order, musing that she finally has something to do. Oh, Mei. It's so admirable how every one of these characters is always uniquely these characters. And, you know, sometimes it might seem like it's a little... OTT, um, you know, we'll talk about it later, I believe, with Ty Lee and the whole, like, poof or puff of smoke. But I just love that, that they're so consistent and there's, you know, it never, it never wavers. You know, you never accidentally hear one character using what should be another character's dialogue. And here you have it with May. I mean, she's got that Daria vibe through and through. <laughs> yeah. She's just all, you know, she's that bitter teenager who's always bored and always wants to do stuff. Even if something exciting is happening, she's kind of over it. Um, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's also, you know, it's, it's, it's weirdly comforting to know that you're always going to get, you know, the same thing with these characters. Hell yeah. I think, uh, weirdly discomforting, I'm taking the opposite end, Mm -hmm. the, uh, okay, the drill, we haven't just, just, the drill is a visual, it's it's, it's just so obvious when you see it, but, but the, you know, the description doesn't do it justice. Um, we're talking about penetrating a wall that for a hundred years has been uh, impenetrable. And uh, yeah. even the dragon of the West at his peak, Iroh, when he was another man, uh, broke through it. And that is like the biggest story ever in the history of this wall. So uh, the fact that they have the technology, they've built the machine and it's, but for you know, some interference would have been able to go through it. Asing Se is such a significant city in this world. And I kind of love that there's been so much talk about it, but we haven't actually been inside. And this legend of this city and its outer wall has been growing 
you know, very much the same way that the Northern Water Tribe was long thought, you know, not quite impenetrable, but just too risky to straight up invade and, and, and right. take over. The Earthbenders, you know, yes, there's other major cities. We've seen Omashu, but Ba Sing Se and, and them not being able to get really anywhere near it mm -hmm. um, has been huge in this, in this war. And you could tell that it's clearly a huge thorn in the Fire Nation's side. But Azula, May, and Tai Lee have been tasked with very specific <clears throat> jobs mm -hmm. this season of uh, seeking and, gra and, and, and bringing back Zuko, Iroh, and the Avatar. True. And it just so happens everyone's arriving at the same time and things will play out as they do. But this right. was one instance where I felt like Azula seemed to have gotten completely new order orders seemingly overnight. And yeah. it did seem a little out of character. And we'll get into that more in terms of characters acting a little... Mm -hmm. Abnormal. I know. I just had a whole riff where <laughs> about I was talking about how yeah. comforting all the all the Listen, unique traits I, of the characters. But so I see your point, and I agree. I think it's the uh, the need to remind the audience of these this this trio, which uh, although maybe they aren't the uh, ones who should be leading the attack on the wall, they they, they are this uh, villain that uh, mm -hmm. we can't forget about, and. Uh, we are reminded very quickly about some of their uh, special uh, abilities. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Toph, Sokka, and Katara approach Bossing Se with Tan, Ying, and their newborn baby, Hope. Aang and Momo fly down and land in front of them and warns them of an oncoming danger approaching Bossing Se. Toph and Aang use earthbending to transport everyone to the outer wall, up to the top of the outer wall. Aang points out the advancing drill. Ying hopelessly states that they reached Ba Sing Se and still aren't safe. Earthbender soldiers approach and question them. Aang states that he's the Avatar and asks to be taken to whoever's in charge. The commanding officer, General Song, shockingly says the Avatar's help is unneeded. He assures the wall's impenetrability prevents any enemy from invading Ba Sing Se. Toph reminds him that the Dragon of the West, Iroh, had once infiltrated the city, to which the general retaliates by saying that Iroh was quickly removed. He humorously explains Ba Sing Se means impenetrable city. Toph alerts him once more of the oncoming drill, to which Sung explains his employment of an elite team of earthbenders called the Terra Team to stop it. Sokka expresses his favor of the team's name. All right. So okay. lots going on here. So, you know, I, I feel bad because yeah, you were you were really emphasizing it. Yeah. Um, this drill is something else entirely. I mean, these it, it's hard to, to to appreciate the size of this thing because this wall is massive. Yeah. This expanse between <laughs> I guess, you know, wherever the ferry go lands and where this wall is is massive. These tanks aren't that scrawny, and yet Everything seems minuscule compared to the size of this little phallic-looking yeah, massive tank phallic. coming right in. Um, and it really is, you know, all jokes aside, it yeah. is an impressive feat and structure. And as far as anybody knows right now, there's no such thing as metal bending. So uh, it's a pretty threatening Yeah. Menace. I mean, dude, this is a tank uh, that's not meant to be operated by four people. It's a tank the size of a cruise ship that like houses a whole or, or a naval right. ship, you know, like, like, uh, <laughs> just think about it. It, it. It's impractical, uh, maybe, but, but then they make it work and then they, you see how strong and capable it is. Uh, so truly, truly amazing. The, uh, the drill, uh, listen, how about this, uh, fact that man, we've made it to the end of our journey and we are, just as uh unsafe i uh it's a terrifying parallel to what happened to or what what's happened with all sorts of refugees and all sorts of yeah conflicts over history obviously the example that many people would think of in, in a situation like this might be the holocaust mm -hmm. and the idea that there were a lot of people fleeing from germany and poland and also and you know many places in europe who thought they were safe 
and you know the Nazis just kept advancing and they get somewhere that they were sure was you know I, I I'm, I'm sure people got to France and thought all right we're here we're you know for sure no nope, yeah. you're not safe there and and for these this family you know just getting to Bossing say was so hard absolutely um, the very next thing they realize is that uh hey we need to talk to whoever's in charge here uh-huh. all right i'm the avatar take me to the boss yo end of discussion i i, I it, it's it's really uh I, that should have been the case throughout this show but uh it, it, okay it happens here he's brought to uh general sung uh general yeah. sung <laughs> listen in, in another one of these guys is like oh well we do we've held them off for 100 years so nothing could ever hurt us like mm-hmm. oh god Oh God, we're not, uh, you know, we're, this was Northern Water Tribe thinking. This was, uh, well, certainly Bossing Say's way of thinking. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a real stubborn arrogance that, uh, you know, in fairness, you could understand it after a hundred years, you know, it can be very hard to think that anybody's going to break in. Mm-hmm. Same way that for a Fire Nation soldier, I'm sure that you're one of many generations now that have fought in the same you know, for the same army in the same war. And it's probably hard to think that anybody's going to stop you. It's like, you know, you don't, I, I, fighting a uh, world war one. Right. <laughs> just, just for some context. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Iroh business. I'm, uh, I, I, I'm wondering, cause you know, on the one hand, this almost sounded like a reveal for the audience, but on the other, you have, <clears throat> excuse me, I think like Toph mentioning something about it. Uh, so maybe it's well known and, and maybe it actually had been, I can't remember if it was revealed or not. Yeah. The Zuko alone flashback. Um, broke so, the wall. It broke through. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, uh, it may have been in the Zuko flashback or Zuko alone episode flashback, but also, uh, Toph is Earth Kingdom royalty. You know, she, she would have some more of an education, certainly would know of the history of the world, uh, so very, very, very cool. And then this cute joke of Ba Sing Se, not Na Sing Se, which means ah. unimpenetrable or penetrable uh, city. Um, yes. I love that the uh, aunts, the uh, counterattack is these earthbenders in trenches, the uh, Terra team. Speaking of World War One, Yeah, right? Uh, it, trench it, warfare. It, it was a trench warfare, dude. Uh, now... Listen, I, I think if every one of these was tough, they could have, with earthbending alone, uh, prevented this. But certainly this notion that uh, th- that's how earthbenders fight. This is a full uh, battalion. Uh, mm-hmm. re- really nice to see their uh, military at work. It's, it's, it's cool to see. And it's, uh, you know, obviously Sokka is just going to be, you know, a fan of the name. <laughs> The terror yeah. team. Um, I was thinking they should have said terror squad. Fat Joe. Terror squad. Yeah. <laughs> terror squad. That would have been really funny. Yeah. Oh. Next time. Oh, well. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Anyway, down below, <clears throat> the terror team manages to take out some Fire Nation tanks and bend Earth columns upward against the drill's metal shell in an attempt to hinder its progress. However, when the drill extends forward again, it crushes the columns with ease. The soldiers are quickly forced to defend themselves with a flurry of daggers which are hurled their way as May and Ty Lee arrive. Ty Lee deftly takes out all the earthbenders in the seconds using her chi blocking. General Sung sees his happening and exclaims, <clears throat> they're doomed, <laughs> flailing his arms in panic. Sokka slaps the general and tells him to get a hold of himself. Toph asks if he needs their assistance at this point, to which Snug turns to Aang and humbly asks for help. Katara... Toph and Aang all look to Sokka for a plan, noting that he's the ideas guy. Sokka complains that he always has to come up with the plans, to which Katara mentions that he is also the complaining guy, a moniker that he is okay with. All right. All right. So Sokka is the meat and sarcasm guy, the boomerang guy, the complaining guy, and the idea guy. People and, uh, can say all he they want about him not being a bender. Yeah, Sokka has a lot of responsibilities. He's the he's leader. I mean, self-proclaimed, but certainly mm-hmm. at times, uh, without a doubt. Uh, so yeah, man, Sokka's uh, <laughs> the gang turns to him. You know, he he's yeah. not. And there's a reason for that. Uh, Absolutely. How about May and Ty Lee just taking out the terror team for fun? 
for sport. I mean, they, they were just uh, showing off there against an elite earth-bending military battalion. You know, I've actually wondered a lot. Um, I'm guessing that Ty Lee's the first of her kind in terms yeah. of her fighting technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if knives just aren't that popular anymore or what, but I feel like, you know, you could say, well, the Earth Kingdom's never had to face, like, you know, the likes of Azula and her, you know, badass sidekicks. Um, but the other two, I, you know, maybe chi blocking, again, if, if Ty Lee's the, you know, the first of this and, and she's the only one who can do it, I totally get that. And we're just getting in on the ground floor of this and nobody's seen it before. And it's like mind blowing, but the knives throwing. I, it's interesting. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know either in terms of. Because uh, again, we're, we are talking about a couple assassin types versus uh, a military blockade, and the uh, blockade. Like, like maybe it's easier <clears throat> to strategize blocks of earthbenders as opposed to, uh, you know, more uh, surgical type knife for ninja star uh people that can uh i don't know if, if you knock out may that's the end of the whole attack so uh yeah who knows who knows, who knows? and uh yeah chi oh. blocking i mean listen if uh i haven't really seen anyone else do it and uh certainly it's an extremely powerful weapon uh or defense mechanism against any kind of bending attack it's uh it's not enough else. said about this. Yes, I'm glad. Yeah, that it is really talking. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Elsewhere, Lee and Amushi, Zuko and Iroh, are, the t- are at the ticket gate in the Bossing Se monorail station. The ticket woman accidentally pronounces their names incorrectly and casts them suspicious looks. Iroh corrects her on the pronunciation, angering her. To settle the tension, he turns on the charm and compliments her comparing her beauty to that of a flower in full bloom. Flattered, she compliments him back, stamps their tickets, and welcomes them to Bossing Say. A disgusted Zuko snatches his ticket out of Iroh's hand and walks away. Nearby, Jet, Longshot, and Smellerby discuss Lee maybe joining the Freedom Fighters. Smellerby opposes the idea, highlighting their infamiliarity with Lee, though Jet notes that he did not get his scar from a waterbender. He asks Longshot for his input, only to get a blank stare, responding that he can respect that. All right, so uh, Zuko and Iroh still uh, in transit. <laughs> yeah. Now at the monorail station. Uh, and uh, how about the, the charm offensive from Zuko? Really won her over pretty quickly there. For Iroh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Iroh, you know, he's done this a few times now. Him and Aunt Wu. Mm-hmm. They were definitely hitting it off. Um, I wouldn't say that he was being charming with June. He was more a creepy old guy. But uh, we do know that Uncle Iroh is a fan. and a charmer. Uh, yeah. He does a good job here diffusing. Um, and you got to love that, uh, you know, they, they bonded and, and worked well together on the ferry on their way over here. So it's inevitable that Jet, you know, he, he sees this kinship with Zuko and that they're going to want to uh, continue on with him. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, he would make a good addition to the gang, certainly, if he wanted to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a And of course, so. uh, of course, uh, Longshot comes in with the wise words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So wise, that Kevin Smith of a freedom fighter. Okay. In an infirmary located on the outer wall, Katara uses her healing abilities on one of the earthbenders attacked by May and Ty Lee. When the general mentions the bender did not appear to be injured, she informs him the earthbender's chi is blocked. He provides a description of the person who ambushed him, whom Katara identifies as Tai Lee. She remarks how she does not look threatening, but says, it's like she takes you down from the inside. Sokka's face suddenly lights up, and he states they should dismantle the drill in a similar manner. Toph chimes in by hitting its pressure points. Aang agrees, and they start their descent from the wall toward the drill, ready to take it down from the inside. Toph creates a large dust cloud to use as cover, instructing the rest to follow close behind as they approach the drill. Tylee examines the dust cloud through the periscope, 
remarking that it was poofy. Azula suspiciously looks at War Minister Chin, who reassures her that everything's in order. Uh, never, you, you never want to be that uh, War Minister reassuring royalty in the, uh-huh. <laughs> in the heat of battle, but uh, Chin, Chin's the man. Um, all right. So this uh, Earthbender, he's very much uh, in pain, but like looks fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But lucky that they had Katara there who'd seen it before. Yeah, so it really does seem like uh, this is pretty foreign, brand new, you know, technique that uh, Ty Lee's using here. Yeah. And that there's no precedent for it. Um, you know, it's you, people also easily forget because she's such a good fighter that hey, Katara's also a healer. You know, it's funny, usually like in RPGs and stuff, you get somebody who's really good at fighting on your team and you get somebody who's really good at healing and you have to include them both in your party. Mm. Katara, you get the best of both worlds. And uh, it's great when they realize, you know, yep. hey, we got to take it down from the inside. It's it's pretty clever connection with, with uh, the cheap blocking. Yes. What Now, uh, begs the question, Jeff. This is the big one I wanted to raise today. Mm-hmm. Were it not for Ty Lee's chi blocking attack, would they have had any strategy to take down this drill? <laughs> they probably would have just thrown themselves uselessly against this drill in mm-hmm. a weird way. And then after the fact realized, okay, we have to go inside and stop it. And who knows what would have happened if that were the case. Yeah. So yeah, in a weird roundabout way, uh, Ty Lee's presence there did help our squad and Sokka you're the idea guy you got to stop waiting yeah. around for random villains yeah. and, and other bad things to like inspire you yeah I think that is why Azula was in the drill because yeah uh, yeah 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 you know they needed to bring the characters of From the writer yeah. Ty Lee but also the uh having this pressure point uh stroke of genius light bulb moment um absolutely yeah. That's a really that's a really good point. That's a, that's a it is it is a far more earned mm-hmm. uh, way of of developing that strategy and utilizing it by having them here and having that all like all those connections take place. Totally. Um, and then again, you know, we talked about it earlier with these with the like consistent uniqueness of these characters. Again, with Ty Lee, you know, I think in the past it was a little you know people may have thought it was kind of you know, a little underwhelming how she was like, are these clumps or these, what are these during the chase? Yeah. Um, but, Wads. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, here it is again where she's, you know, it's like poofy, poof. And it does seem a little like, all right, we get it. But you know what? That's exactly, that's Tylee's character. This is yeah. who you should come to uh, expect. It's not, if it's consistent, it's not cliche. It's just, it is what it is. And then additionally with this, uh, I don't know, silly perkiness, if you want to call it that, uh, she's always noticing clues okay first mm-hmm. let's not forget it. it was the wad of hair that pointed uh Appa's fur was heading whichever way down the river here this cloud oh it's so poofy haha but like really something is amiss and she is the one that sees it uh you're right yeah she does notice that and what is amiss tough is uh, creating some cover here uh the group runs <laughs> into the cloud and Toph creates a tunnel underground and tells everyone to jump in. When Sokka remarks about the tunnel's dark interior rendering his sight useless, er, yes, uh, Toph sarcastically replies, Oh no, what a nightmare. <laughs> they all emerge from the tunnel, now underneath the drill. Sokka sees an open hatch and Aang helps him and Katara enter the drill. He urges Toph to follow, but he, she refuses, explaining that she would not be able to bend or see inside the drill since it's made of metal. She instead decides to aid the effort from the outside. Okay, so putting Ugh. this plan into motion. Yeah, it's just all the all the irony, you know, knowing what's to come. But maybe it's not really irony. Maybe it's just again more breadcrumbs. Mm. All these multiple mentions of if only we could metal bend. If only you know, it's not like there's metal bending. The metal shell protects us from earth bending. Like all these little things, um, and just being like, oh, top. Just give it a few more episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But before that, you have, and it's, you know, it, it again, with the, it may seem a little cliche or redundant, but these are these characters, and it is a fun, consistent, like, runner. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Sokka, 
making a fool of himself, kind of momentarily forgetting that Toph's blind um, and making a stupid, you know, foot and mouth comment about it. Uh, and it's just always, and, and again, like you just know that Toph is so, you know, mature and able to, and, and tough and, and can take anything and also knows that he doesn't actually, like, you know, he's just being absent-minded, but that she's going to have some great comeback. Uh, it's great. More tough to come. Uh, inside the drill, Sokka says he needs schematics and slices off the wheel of a nearby pipe, resulting in the rapid release of steam. Aang and Katara grow worried that someone would discover their sabotage. Sokka explains that a large machine is bound to have engineers, meaning someone will come to fix the problem, thus allowing them to steal the schematics they need. Sure enough, a firebender engineer approaches out of the mist and Katara freezes him in steam. Sokka takes the schematics and the team run up the stairway. Sokka examines the schematics and explains they need to cut through the braces that connect the inner mechanism and the outer shell, resulting in the collapse of the machine. Oh, Sokka. Sokka and knowledge, baby. That's what it's all about. Sokka and strategy. It is, mm-hmm. it is so clever and smart. And yeah, he even says, you know, they'll have schematics on them. And then we get another new sort of bending that I don't think we've ever seen before, and that's steam bending. Yes. Um, I, well, my note too. First example yeah. is steam bending. Uh, uh, and it's not just bending of the steam, uh, you know, changing the, the water composition. It's also the temperature composition because uh, she yeah. freezes him with what is otherwise a hot uh, gaseous, gaseous, gaseous water. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yes. But, but the, the plan, it, it works. We get the engineer yeah. and yeah. Uh, we get the plans. How about these engineers? Um, they all wear what I would refer to as a Fire Nation Bane mask. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we will claim bossing say uh, <laughs> is my Bane. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Menacing. Yeah. Menacing. Most menacing engineer I've ever seen you. That also, not only is he does he have this kind of creepy mask on, but... He's freaking jacked. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. He's an engineer. This massive no, drill, you're going to have to They look strong, like Bane. Right? <laughs> like, they do. Like, it's not just the mask. It's his build. It's yeah. his side. He's also got, well, I couldn't tell if it was like overalls or what, but it looks yeah. very like creepy serial killer type. Um, Indeed. Mm. Eh. We, we will defend the walls. Okay. Uh, elsewhere, we got Iroh and Zuko, who seat themselves on a bench at the monorail station. When Jet comes over and sits next to Zuko, inquiring about his plans once inside the city. A tea seller comes by yelling, get your hot tea here. Finest tea in Ba Sing Se. Iroh asks for jasmine tea, only to spit it out in disgust, complaining the tea was cold. Pulling Zuko aside, Jet tries to convince him to join the Freedom Fighters, but Zuko declines. Jet suspiciously eyes Iroh, drinking the now hot, steamy tea, and suddenly suspects they might be firebenders. Seeing Jet eyeing Iroh's tea, Zuko knocks the tea out of his hand and scolds Iroh for firebending his tea in public. Iroh says, I know you're not supposed to cry over spilled tea, but it's just so sad. Uh, <sighs> okay, so here's another one. You know, mm-hmm. we were talking about it earlier about you know, characters being a little out of character this episode. I think this is the most startling example obviously. Very rare um, stupid move from Iroh. You know, Iroh's done some absent-minded things before, but it wasn't so blatantly, you know, like before when he fell asleep at the, uh, you know, like in the world or in the hot springs and he was captured and, and stuff like that. But this is kind of a different level of stupidity where, you know, you don't, not only are Jed and these guys around, they have no idea, by the way, how, like, much Jet despises the Fire Nation and how paranoid he could be regardless. But they're also in the middle of this monorail station with mm-hmm. all sorts of people around and you've got to figure if these are yeah. all refugees from the Fire Nation, yeah. nobody's a firebender. So it's like, deal with the cold tea, Iroh. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he could have gone to the corner and turned his back. <laughs> like, like so many little uh, simple things he could have done to avoid getting seen. And still, mm-hmm. you know, have the tea was very hot, like too hot. He almost overheated it. It was, uh, yeah. 
It's like a, it's like a seat warmer with his hands. But uh, I, I will say the other thing that's not quite out of character, actually, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's nice to see, sort of, was uh, Zuko just completely declining the offer, despite the end of the last episode saying, yeah. you know, it's sometimes better to work with, you know, together or whatever the line was. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if maybe Jet was looking back because he was bitter or what, but it is kind of, you know, for Zuko to do that maybe is what made Jet notice Iroh. Elsewhere, Sokka, Katara, and Aang arrive at one of the massive steel braces. Aang and Katara begin slicing through one brace using water venom. Halfway through the dismantling of the one brace, however, both Aang and Katara grow exhausted. Sokka attempts to encourage them to continue, but quickly silences himself when a frustrated Katara threatens to do him bodily harm with her water vending. They resume work cutting through the brace. However, their efforts merely result in the slightest movement of one brace from its position. Suddenly, a loud rumbling sound reverberates and the entire drill shudders. Having deemed themselves successful in destroying the drill, the team prepares to evacuate only for War Minister Chin to come over the announcement system and explain that the rumbling was due to the drill making contact with the wall. <sighs> okay, so, you know, for Sokka to suddenly think, despite seeing this brace barely move, that that noise must have meant that everything was successful. Mm. Um, I couldn't help but notice that this, br this brace, once it was sliced, uh, just to give it a big old airbend push. I, that's what I was thinking. Surely that would have knocked it down. Uh, yeah, the other thing is this idea that, you know, obviously this drill is massive and powerful, but you've got to think that something that's this big that has this many people working on it has that many parts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, it probably wouldn't just destroy the whole thing, but you're right. If they did that one airbend, maybe it doesn't stop the drill altogether, but it would hugely weaken that one area. And who knows if that might all in and of itself have a ricochet effect. I don't know. I'm not yeah. I mean, I wonder, because certainly if it didn't have a ricochet effect, uh, maybe it would have made too much noise and then they would have been caught before they were able to slice the next one. Mm -hmm. Just felt uh, they spent a lot of time on this one pillar and then didn't really get to it. But, you know, the drill, it got to the wall that, that, that much. We, we did make contact there. That's uh, big. And it's not just a little scratch here. This is getting in. Yeah. In it, oh, it's penetrating the impenetrable city to keep this phallic mm. uh, metaphor going. That, that's, the, that's the shape, that's the name. It's not us. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sokka uselessly pushes against the brace and fails to budge it. Aang suddenly remembers some earthbending advice Toph gave him and realizes they only need to slice partway through each support brace, enough to weaken them. Then Aang would travel to the top of the drill and deliver a final blow. Aang reminds them that everyone in Ba Sing Se is depending on them. And Katara resume cutting away at the braces while Toph continues to hinder the drill's progress from outside. Meanwhile, Earthbenders atop the wall hurl large boulders at the drill, but to no avail. From the command module, a soldier informs the war minister that an engineer was ambushed. Another tells him a brace was, a good, was cut clean through. Sensing sabotage, Azula beckons Tai Li and Mei to investigate with her. All right. It's exciting. You know, they're pretty much, uh, this, this advice is huge. Mm -hmm. And uh, now Ty Lee and May are on their way. Oh boy. Uh, watch out. A ship that big is bound to have some security. Uh, right. Aang and Katara continue cutting through braces and have finally done pretty much all they have to on the inside. Sokka cheers them on when a blue fireball suddenly comes hurtling his way causing him to shout an alarm and duck his head. Katara and Aang look to find Azula, Mei, and Tai Li. Tai Li states her excitement to see Avatar and friends while shooting Sokka a flirtatious look. Sokka responds with a wave and a drawled, hey, while Katara pulls him away. Tai Li dives toward Aang, who manages to airbend her away. They split up at an intersection where Katara gives her water skin to Aang, saying he would need it. May and Tai Lee follow Katara and Sokka, while Azula follows Aang. Sokka and Katara come to a hatch reading a slurry pipeline that leads to a canal where a rock and water mixture channels through. Realizing it's their only escape route, they jump into the muddy water and become washed away through the bowels of the drill. 
Ty Lee and May peer down into the pipe. Ty Lee tries to persuade May to accompany her, but May refuses, stating, Azula, she can shoot all the lightning she wants at me. I'm not going in that wall sludge juice. Ty Lee shrugs and jumps in while May closes the hatch after her. Wow. A lot, lot of stuff there. We're learning more about the drill, the people, and uh, mm-hmm. another great battle we have. All right. So uh, where to begin? Um, whew, where to begin? I, you know, Ty Lee and Sokka. But it's just like, dude, are you, are you already over Suki? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, gotta wonder. Um, So so one thing I noticed when they split up, the uh, Katara or Katara and Aang split up. Mm -hmm. Katara gives her water skin to Aang because Aang is going to need it more. So, uh, okay, we we find that Aang uses this to get the hole open later. Uh, But in the moment, I was thinking Katara needs it more. Uh, Aang has earthbending and airbending to defend himself. Uh, Katara, you give up your water here. You're you're, you're not even a Sokka. <laughs> Am I right? Um, yes and no. I because this was I, also before they the pipeline. Because obviously, once they're in the pipeline, they have water again. Well, right, but I think that initially, before they were surprised by these three, Aang had stated his goal was to go to the top of the drill, create a pressure point, and slam it. Yeah. Um, and I guess you could theoretically use air. I don't know how long that would take and if that would even work. Mm-hmm. And you know that rocks are around you, but you don't know that he could necessarily get one and pierce metal with it. However, sure. they have seen water. Like, this is the exact same water that they were just using to cut through these beams. Yeah, so right. she's probably like, you're doing the same thing. Take this water because you can't just generate it. Yeah. Um, no one's invented sweat bending yet. yet. Not yet. Um, it's out there. Uh you know, so I, I guess that makes sense. It is very risky. Um, I don't know what Katara would have done had they not beaten them out of there, but uh, thank God they make it. You know, yeah. maybe she's also trying to feel adequate, you know, because it's not like Sokka could bend. True. Um, and, uh, I mean, obviously yeah. Aang needs it. It was part of the mission. Uh, although I didn't, it wasn't clear to me in that moment why she right. was giving it up. Uh, I, I saw, I kind of felt it more after the fact. Um, and then, oh, this this exchange, yeah, between Tylee and May. Uh, as one goes in the sludge and one does not. Uh, what did you think about this? Um, I think that Tylee is, it's crazy. She's just like down for anything, man. She's just down to like be part of the team. And you know that, that May's already kind of an angsty Mm-hmm. teen like you know bored and complains about everything and is never really happy or satisfied mm-hmm. so it's totally it totally makes sense you know Azula can yeah. do whatever she wants to me I'm not going after her um and I, I also think it makes sense from another perspective of uh different of, of class within fire nation society so uh we all know that May is a governor's daughter yeah whereas yeah. Ty Lee although may have gone to the you know same school as them uh, I don't think comes from a title of nobility. Uh, she was off, you know, she ran off to join the circus. She really wasn't uh, high society, or if she was, she left that life. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's another part of it. That's a very uh, good point. That uh, character. Yeah. You know, it's this uh, down for anything versus angsty and the uh, governor's daughter versus the uh, the circus runaway. Yeah. Uh, absolutely you're yeah. right may may's you're right you know she's still with her parents yeah yeah unbelievable right. uh meanwhile ang speeds past numerous engineers and control rooms with momo on his back he climbs a ladder to the top of the drill where he plans to deliver the final strike katara and Sokka exit outside the rear of the drill covered in a wall sludge with ty lee close behind in hot pursuit katara uses water bending to create a plug thus imprisoning Ty Lee. Sokka urges her to continue plugging the drain, explaining that when Aang delivers the final blow, the pipes will be ready to burst from the built-up pressure. Aang chooses a spot on the top of the drill to deliver the final blow. Several shoulders suddenly fall from overhead, one nearly hitting Aang. Aang beckons to the general to stop hurling rocks, 
but Sung, still paralyzed with fear, orders his men to keep on hurling. Aang uses waterbending to cut an X through the metal, weakening that part of the metal hull. Okay, so we, we, we do in fact see why Aang needed that water there. Um, yes, we do. Uh, what do you think about the fact that we uh, so, have water aboard this uh, vessel? Uh, you know, it does make sense. I think that another thing that we're not really realizing is if steam exists, then that means that water exists in this drill. So I'm sure Katara realized, well, steam exists. I can make water out of something here. Yeah. Um, you know, it does also make sense that something this large, you know, I'm sure Sokka... Well, Sokka also saw the blueprint, so maybe he also knew in his mind that there was a tunnel. I don't know when when Toph brought them in and tunneled into the drill and declined to go with them, if they knew anything about a tunnel there, but it does make sense that there's a waste depository for all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, will, I did wonder when Katara was bending um, why they didn't have, like, the rocks fall from the water or if it was just that hard for her because she was bending water and also holding rocks inside of it at the same, you know, so like it was yeah. actually heavier water. Um, I, I mean, so. we see later when top comes up, I don't want to get yeah. too far ahead, no, it's I, a lot easier, but. I will mention, yeah, I have a point when we reach that. Um, right. I think, uh, I mean, the, the drill functions by eroding the wall with water. It, it's not just a, a force and uh, metal, right? I mean, what See, do you, I, I always thought it was a steam-powered engine. That's that's what mm. they were kind of establishing here. So that's where the water um, comes from. And then this mix is uh, yeah. just a waste. I don't know, though. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I see. Because the rocks would, like, why else would there even be rocks being removed as sludge and stuff? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I, yeah, so I think that was rock rock, not coal rock. Uh, right. But, uh which to me means that this is water bending technology or, or water bender technology. They, 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 this is part of maybe why it's new technology because they've invaded new uh, areas and have taken their uh, technology. Interesting. Uh, we, we saw it with the machinist. Uh, right. That he with, the, with the war balloon. Air bending technology. So whether uh, you know, they, they forced someone into it or maybe came across it on their own, it's... Uh, yeah. It, it, it now makes the wall penetrable, yeah. That's a great point. And I don't remember if we were talking about this during the actual episode or if we were talking about it beforehand. Um, but something pretty cool about this episode that also happened a few episodes earlier, it features all four types of bending. Yes. And this drill to work features all four, type, all four elements, maybe mm -hmm. not necessarily bending them, but, you know, obviously we're seeing rock you know earth and water in this sludge tunnel um steam is prepared by water but also air is is involved and then there's obviously fire as well because it's an engine it's burning you know mm -hmm. something um so it's just cool it's like you know uh ira was saying recently with zuko talking about lightning uh redirecting lightning how it's important to be able to appreciate respect and utilize all four types of elements right. or all four, you know, everything can work in tandem. Mm -hmm. I think that's now we could see a recurring theme this season yeah, in all different true. aspects. Absolutely, man. Um, last, oh, I'm sorry, last yeah. thing here. It also seems like this would kill Tylee. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, she'd drown in all this. Like, is, is Katara making it a point to bend all this stuff with her in it and keep the water away from her face or yeah. the sludge out of her nose and mouth. I mean, how does she, she's not a bender. She's not, she blocking the rocks I know. <laughs> you know, in there. Um, we have to discuss the chemical consistency of this sludge, Jeff. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, the closest metaphor I have is cement that it might be moldable. What? I mean, the, the, the quicker you move, the more, uh, you're able to uh, control it. It's, uh, but yeah, or maybe the rocks are solid enough that she can kind of bounce around on them. Nice. Uh, it does, you definitely, beg, yeah, you raise a fair point. Um, so Aang here, he takes the water and gives it that slicing, uh, you know, water slice to get that X. 
it, it, I kind of needed to see this to fully understand what the plan was. Like, like certainly right. it was clear they had a plan, but like, like how is, uh, what was going to be the thing that sends the, the ripple, the shockwave through everything. And, uh, now mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we, we can fully see what the, uh, the plan is and what's going to happen here. Yeah. The other thing you got to worry about when he makes that X, well, I guess we'll see it later is you got to make sure that it's near enough to the front, mm-hmm. but not so far in front that it, you know, if this drill keeps going forward, like we're lucky that right. this X didn't go under the wall. Right. Yeah. But All right. We'll no, get to that. Good, good, good point. Um, behind the drill, Katara still holds back the slurry, building up pressure. Sokka continues to coach her, commenting on her good technique and telling her to remember her breathing. She snaps at him, and Sokka retaliates by ordering her to just bend the slurry woman, uh, which earns him a wave of slurry that knocks him back. Toph approaches and teams up with Katara to help plug up the drain. Toph earthbends the slurry, exerting more pressure on the pipes. Uh, so yeah, at yeah. this point, Ty Lee is not just like on the outside with all this stuff happening around her, like trapped. This whole thing has now been pushed back into this like exit tunnel. Yeah. So we can't even see it. And all we can see on the outside is just like additional sludgy water. Now far more forceful because Toph presumably is bending not just the liquid, but the rocks within it as well. I mean, and we don't hear anything from Ty Lee or even any acknowledgement that there's yeah, a human being in there. That's and true. It's a little, uh, right. They could have given her, shown it from her perspective, just like banging the other side. Um, but just, okay. That, that they created the slurry. A word of, you know, sir, that, that they found this perfect mixture of earth and water for Katara and Toph to co-bend. Uh, just, just amazing stuff. Amazing. Uh, I mean, really, yeah. it's mud. It's mud, but like... But it's mud with chunks with, like, rock, if it were a flavor, it would... Now with real rocky rock road, chunks. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, um, excellent man. I love that they found this substance that they can co-bend. Uh, Aang continues to weaken the metal, momentarily stopping to say, "What I'd give to be a metal bender." Momo suddenly shrieks, causing him to turn around and catch sight of a blue fire blast coming toward them. Aang manages to dodge it and send Momo away, preparing for a duel with Azula. After some intense fighting, Azula somersaults in the air and delivers a powerful fire blast, hurtling Aang into the outer wall and knocking him out, of the sur- out on the surface of the drill. The drill extends again, and Azula walks over to Aang with bitter intentions. She hoists Aang up and holds him against the wall, readying a blue flame. However, Aang awakens, sees the oncoming attack, and quickly makes an earth gauntlet to block her attack, pushing her back several feet. He readies for battle when slurry spews from the cracks in the wall, coating the drill with a slick layer of liquid and dirt. Azula slides across the mud, slamming her and Aang into the wall. As they both begin sliding down opposite sides of the cylindrical drill, Azula manages to turn over and stop her descent using her hands and the soles of her shoes. Momo arrives on the scene and grabs Aang's back, helping him up while Aang uses airbending to climb back to the top. Wow. All right. I just want to say now, this season, that's three times Momo has saved the life of a member of Team Avatar from an oncoming Azula attack. It happened during the chase when he gave them the heads up while they were after them. Yeah. Was that a was that a Momo? That was a Momo. Three three Wait, Momos for Momo. Do you have a do you have a Momo? No. Are we just holding a, oh you're just doing it. Oh, I thought like I saw a doll there. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's the best. Three and then, cheers, and yes. then he saved Aang. So, so he called out to them when they were on Appa during the chase and gave them the heads up. Um, he saves Aang by letting him know that there's a blue flame on its way, literally in, you know, in, in just yeah. a, in the nick of time. And then as Aang's falling down, he picks him up again. You know, Appa's helped out a lot, but I think that Momo's been a little underrated for how much he's oh, yeah. really helped protect them. and. Just he's how handy it is to have him around. Yeah, he's not yeah. just that. Um, the, the, the ominous Azula, like like when Aang realizes she's there, we always see her shadow first. Uh, mm. Very, very cool uh, choice there. Uh, another very cool thing is that this is the first uh, real 
offensive, earthbending battle for Aang. Uh, when was he really in combat, flexing earthbending? Like, m- moves I'm going to call uh, the Hulk suit, or uh, just all the different ways that he's propelling rocks at her as they're falling down. He's catching it in the air and slamming it at her. It's, it's really his first airbending battle. Yeah. It's terrific to see. Well, it's uh, earthbending. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, she's never done this in a, in a battle before. And you're right. The like Hulk, you know, like rock suit Hulk sort yeah. of thing. You know, <laughs> we, we saw top do it a little bit and he started with the gauntlet, but there's another moment in that where, yeah, he, you know, before she does that somersault kick, he creates like a wall of rock around him and she just kicks right through it. But the fight itself is really impressive and seeing him oh, adapt yeah. and seeing the two of them go at it. Um, another thing here, Aang, twice in this sequence, he slams the back of his head. I mean, you know, I don't know, like we're all just big into the NFL and all this concussion protocol and yeah, yeah. I'm a lot more aware of it nowadays, you know, sure, all that sure. stuff. Aang slams his head into that rock wall yeah. twice. The first time he's knocked out, and the second time it's almost maybe even more force because it's the momentum of Azula's body who slams into him and like kind of crushes him into the wall, and then they each go sliding in different directions. I mean, Ink's taking a beating here. Oh yeah, uh, it's it is, dude. This is Azula. It's she's blue lightning. We we can't uh, underestimate her attack enough. Uh, were it not for the slurry cl- causing the uh, lack of control she uh probably would have had her day Uh, yeah yeah i I will say that this is a little bit reminiscent when you know he's up against a wall he's being held up by a very menacing villain and they have him seemingly knocked out hand raised flame ready to deliver a killing blow and he wakes up and dodges it at the last second um it's a very cool moment that is very much previewed here and something to pay attention to. <sighs> Another quick thing to pay attention to, the line, oh, how I wish I was a metal bender. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. oh, those exist? Why, uh, right. yeah. If only. If only. Um, luckily, we got Momo to help. I gotta say, I didn't, Momo's stronger than I would think. Uh, just to get Aang back up on his feet, uh, we're talking six times your body weight, maybe more, yeah. Going uh, down, he's probably covered in this mud. He's probably yeah, wet. Oil. Um, yeah. He's going at a pretty good clip, you know, building speed. Yeah. yeah. Good for shout, Momo. Shout out to Mo. Mo. Ang, of course, thanks, Momo. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? And runs yeah. to the weakened spot. A recently hurled boulder conveniently lands next to him, which proceeds to cut into a wedge that fit, which Ang cuts into a wedge uh, that fits into the X he carved into the drill's shell. He rides an air scooter upward along the wall, and at the apex of his ascension, turns around and races down. Azula spots him and sends a powerful blue fire blast at him at close range. However, Aang speeds past it at, by a fraction of a second, slams down on the rock. The impact causes the compromised braces of the drill to snap, and the excess slurry burst out of the machine. Broken down, the drill is left jammed partially in the outer wall. Azula, who was tossed back by the release of the air when Aang struck the rock, slides down the drill to join Tai Lee, who is sitting in the slurry, having been freed from her predicament once the influx of slurry stopped. May emerges from one of the hatches completely dry and casually announces to the two that they lost. Oh, May, that, that just won't do it in Azula world. Um, so, yeah. Um, the, the the crushing blow. I mean, here we go. Uh, first off, the genius of Aang to, you know, a wedge. It's like a spike. It's it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, he he is uh, he is not just bending rock. He's sculpting it into weaponry. He is uh, yeah. truly uh, a master of this element that he has not uh, had long to learn. And at uh, first, I was about to say like, wow, was he using air to slice this rock? And if so, maybe he could have. But then I realized. No, he's an earthbender. He's just literally slicing, like earth slicing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, this this spike, this uh, you know, just big ass nail to put mm-hmm. right at the uh, X that he carved in, and he runs up the mountain, 
And like you think he's gonna cannonball and just slam down, but he 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 goes one step further. He uses earthbending to run faster than the speed and force of gravity. Uh, right. And just there. unbelievable, able to outrun a blue flame in addition to deliver this incredible blow. Well, yeah, jumping back to the football analogy, you know, game of inches. I mean, you talk about a split second difference and everything changing. I mean, who knows, A, would have happened if that hit's hang there with the momentum he's going, if it would have stopped him, what would have happened if he would have hit it or landed on it? Um, luckily, it would seem Azula was a little uh, out of sorts having just gotten around that sludge and didn't, you know, it's a good thing she didn't use lightning and wasn't as precise. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, Aang had his kind of airbending burst. So he was running almost like Sonic the Hedgehog down that wall uh, and just missed that. Mm -hmm. and it, was, it was just a very satisfying moment when he hits the, uh, the spike or whatever. And it, and it creates that crazy explosion. For sure. Um, um, but it I is mean, also foreshadowing. I don't want to get too far into it, but the idea of Azula showing up at the last minute and shooting hmm. at an end of editing, um, just keep that in mind, folks. Theme with her. She had a last minute shoot on Iroh during the chase yeah. as well. Yes. Um, meanwhile, at the station, Smellerby long, sh Smellerby, uh, long shot, try to calm down Jet saying they can't be sure those two are really firebenders. He's not convinced, eyes wild with paranoia. They board the monorail, and we move down the car to find Zuko and Iroh. Iroh leans over and happily greets an infant who happens to be Ying's baby, Hope. At the top of the wall, Sokka begins to brainstorm clever names for their group, including the Ang Gang, the Boomer Ang Squad, and the fearsome foursome as the team prepares to enter Ba Sing Se. Da -da. Um, yeah, are, but, but we're there. Yeah, yeah, they're on their way. So I want to go back a little bit to the previous paragraph. Sorry. Because uh, no, we get, you know, we meet up with uh, Azula, Ty Lee, and May at the very end. That's right. But it's all over and everyone's covered in this muck. So yeah. Ty Lee survived. Um, true, true don't understand See, how that's I, possible. I, I think it's easier to explain the survival if it's plugged up then it's like a solid surface. She's just kind of standing on the but other end. You can see like there's a current. It's plugged up because it's constantly yeah. being like revolving around itself. It, it wasn't just like right. hardened into a mush or anything like that. Okay. Um, and then you see May just, she knew nothing bad, you know, she knew yeah, with everything else going on, get you know, hedging her bets that Azula wouldn't kill her. And it turns out she's able to show up and say, we lost. Yeah. And we don't see lightning headed her way yet. Um, so. so just a point on the, the swirling sludge that uh, Tylee has a background in acrobatics and little tightrope walking. Maybe she was able to, you know, bounce up and down on it. It's a, it's a long shot. but I'm the, last, the last thing I, I was thinking that maybe happened is maybe when Katara pulled all that stuff up and started swirling it, she did it around hmm. um, Ty Lee, so maybe there's a little like bubble. If she's able to bend the sludge or the slurry around her to yeah. allow some air to, you know, stay in a pocket, maybe that works. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Meanwhile. Yeah. We're at the ferry station. We, we, yeah. we, we got to wrap up this story. The gang, yeah. uh, everyone, I like that everyone finally at this moment is arriving into the city at the same time. It's kind of a, mm -hmm. a we've had all these journeys uh as refugees as heroes as, as lost freedom fighters uh as re you know and then we're finding ourselves finally on, at the gates here I, I i love that this uh monorail is powered by earth benders mm -hmm. like just moving the earth or, or, yeah I, I don't know if they're moving the earth per se but using their uh connection to the earth to push the whole uh monorail like a but yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm guessing maybe there's some sort of a concrete base or something yeah. that is moved within this structure that allows them to bend it. But they're clearly, mm -hmm. you know, it's not. It's clearly not a mechanical, you know, engineering feat like the drill where it's being powered by some sort of engine. It's uh, totally. This is very much manpowered. I mean, I would think um, uh, the vehicle of the monorail itself is carved out of rock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, with so, decoration on it. 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, you see Smeller being long shot, clearly they didn't see what, what Jet saw, but you already know that they are a little worried that Jet may have, you know, gone, you know, gone a little too far at times and they're really hoping to kind of start anew. You even hear uh, Sneller be saying like, we're starting fresh. Yeah. Um, he tries to say, I know. So he'd be great for the new um, yeah. freedom fighters. And, and, you know, you're, you could tell this was earlier in the episode, but you could tell that they're thinking like, all right, let's just maybe move on from being freedom fighters altogether and just yeah. be ourselves and people and just live. I mean, um, some, something about bossing say uh, it's like the promise of a new opportunity of a, of a new uh, start in a world where <laughs> almost everything has gone wrong. Yeah. It's very much the, uh, Land you know, the Ellis Island. Yeah. yeah. The, the Ellis Island of immigrants back in the day when America used to be a, a good place to live. Right. <laughs> well, again, we're not, we're not going to get too far into that, but, yeah. uh, it's also good that we meet up, uh, a little further down. I don't know if it was the same car or, or, you know, the same monorail, maybe a different car. We pick up with, uh, Ira Zuko who happened to be sitting next to the very refugees that Aang and company helped you know, uh, cross these serpents pass and they are there with hope who Iroh immediately, you know, likens himself to and just, you know, plays with. And, uh, it's just a really nice fun moment. Yeah. Uh, the city awaits us more to come from the other side of the wall. Bossing say, uh, before I wrap up, just, just a word on the, uh, the, the, just the wall itself, you know, obviously it's this, there are two walls. There is this uh, outer wall, which is the uh, protective wall, and then the wall. And, and the, the distance between them, it's like a valley. Like, like, like the fact that you need a mode of transportation, it's like, mm-hmm. it, would, it would take like a half hour to fly it. Eh. Right. Yeah. I, well, and, and that's the idea that there's this huge expanse between the outer wall and the inner wall. And you find out later that's also a great way for the city to keep, you know, the citizens very much in their own, you know, it, it really is its own little world in here because it's so far removed from the outside world. And if, and if this isn't as clear a metaphor as you can get, you know, I don't know what is, but the fact that the inner wall is like hundreds of miles seemingly away, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's very impressive when you see it and you're only seeing this kind of valley. You haven't actually seen, you know, you think you're finally seeing Ba Sing Se, but you don't realize on this monorail yet until like, they're not even in the city. They're just mm-hmm. on their way to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you'd wonder, oh man, are our citizens or anybody going to get freaked out by this giant drill that's now penetrating a little bit through one section of the wall. And this, this, uh, this little scene here showing this thing, this, this monorail kind of lets you know, well, nobody would likely see it unless you were already at the outer wall and had, I don't know, a telescope or something, binoculars. Interesting, interesting. And uh, on that note, we wrap up another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg! Woo-hoo-hoo! Oh my God, really, really, really good stuff. Uh, any closing remarks, final thoughts, things we missed? Um, it was, you know, you, you could tell that this was nice for Aang that he, they got to go this entire episode and he was seemingly not stressed about Appa. You know, there's a little bit of a line when they first, when he first, you know, yeah. rejoins everybody to tell them about this drill. But other than that, he gets to just stay focused on preventing this. So uh, you can only imagine now that they're back inside Ba Sing Se, it's all about letting the Earth King know and finding Appa. And guys, you know, as, as much as arriving at the Northern Water Tribe was kind of the entire goal and movement of book one, mm-hmm. that's kind of what arriving at Ba Sing Se is for book two. So we're now, you know, any idea of, not that this wasn't a filler by any means at all, none of the, you know, these episodes were, but they might even still be considered as much compared to what we're going to start getting. It's going to be great and a few of the best episodes of the series coming up soon. And uh, I'm very excited because there's a lot more to bossing say than, than you, than you realize. hundred um, percent. Yeah. I mean, I, and that last point you hit it on the head, the, the journey, this city we've heard about for uh, 
man, since the beginning of the show, it feels like it's been in the ether. Uh, yeah. The journey is finally, finally complete. Uh, it, it, it's just unbelievable. The, uh, the, the whole reminder of Chi bending at the beginning, I, I thought it was interesting that Katara was able to heal the wound, but not the Chi bend block. Like, like that's more of a, a I don't know, it, it, it's beyond Do we physical. Know that? Yeah, well, I, I think when she was healing the guy, uh, hmm. yeah. Okay. She couldn't heal someone whose chi has been blocked. Right. Okay. Um, just I, everyone, we're here. We've made it. I, I can't wait to see what it looks like on the other side of this wall. We've had like no inside view. It's it's really maybe the flashback from uh, Iro, but that's really really it. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's exciting. Yeah. And that wraps up another episode of The Boys in the Iceberg. Woo! Be sure to follow The Boys in the Iceberg on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for listening. Good night. Flamio, Hotman. <laughs>